Welcome to Becoming Iconic, a global multimedia and mentorship brand that will lift you into having the most exceptional lifestyle and business. I am your host, Jen Spiegel, and as a mom of four, a seven-figure high-performance mentor, editor of a magazine, and the host of this top podcast, I have a lot to share with you. This podcast has been created to talk about all of those things that will support you in both your life, business, as well as leadership. I believe in having a life and business that gives you ultimate fulfillment, and this gets to be your reality. That's why most conversations here will shift many of the paradigms that you've likely been participating in. Be ready to be stretched in both your thinking and in your doing. You will hear advice and wisdom from my 16 plus years of experience building businesses globally alongside of raising a family. And you'll also hear from many other industry moguls. Don't forget to follow on your favorite social media platform. It's simply Becoming Iconic. And while you're there, check out the most recent edition of the Becoming Iconic magazine. I just want you to know something. You're in the right place. And I want to thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Becoming Iconic podcast, and I have such a treat. It's Lindsay Perry Carzo here with us. And friends, those of you listening in who have felt like you are building something far beyond the scope of self, where you want to contribute into the world beyond the, the sheer way you do through your business or leadership, that you want to ripple out into the world contribution and impact, make a change really make a fingerprint upon this earth while you're here. Welcome to Lindsay's world. Lindsay is the owner, the CEO of Philanthropic Matchmaker, which is a trademarked name for something that is so extraordinary. I actually don't want to describe it because the way Lindsay does to me is perfection. So I'm not going to put words in her mouth and instead let her tell you and cast the vision for what she is offering the online space. But in my words, What I can tell you is Lindsay is filling a massive gap and void for those of us in entrepreneurship who are doing something to leave an impression and a legacy behind. There are so many of you who are turned off or not turned on in terms of money marketing, that that's not why you're doing this. You're not doing this to throw your income and your revenue all over the internet. You're doing this to build something that is upon your heart, a way of serving the world and being in servant leadership. And when I heard Lindsay for the first time, my soul shook. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It was like I had been waiting for her. And I know I'm not alone because this gets to be far beyond becoming iconic, Jen Spiegel. This gets to be a movement and a revolution. And if that is your jam, and if this is like, what are you even talking about? This is what I I speak about, but I'm not even entirely sure. Let me introduce you to Lindsay. So Lindsay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not only for being here, but for stepping into this, this role, this leadership, and really blazing a trail for the online space. I want to say thank you and, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, Jen, thank you so much. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. And I know we talked a little bit, but this is a moment for me that I want to anchor in and say thank you. This is the first podcast for Philanthropic Matchmaker, and it feels like an iconic moment, and I'm honored to share this space with you. So thank you. I'm so excited for that. (laughs) 
I am so excited for that. And also you are in the February magazine. Friends, if you've not read the digital copy or got your hands on the hard copy, please go do that where Lindsay explains more. But I really wanted to hone in the essence of you through a podcast. I wanted people to feel your spirit, your sincerity, and what you are offering people that are looking for something like this, but don't necessarily have the time, capacity, or resources. So maybe we can just hit the ground running and you can explain the evolution and what is philanthropic matchmaker. Okay. Thank you. So it definitely started early on in my life. My father was in the military and we lived overseas in the country of Panama. And I remember even as a young girl, my parents would take my sisters and I out to volunteer in the Kumarka, which is a part of land for the indigenous that are a part of Central South America. And there are pictures of me. I'm I'm there. I'm interacting. I'm holding children. And it's like, you can just see in that moment that God had already laid on my heart. I already knew what I was supposed to do in this life. And, you know, my route has taken so many turns, twists, loops, upside downs. I've done it all, but always at the forefront has been this love of humanity. I love people. I love being able to witness people step into who they're here to be, to see a woman for the first time, learn to write her name, bring in fair trade wages. It's seeing somebody who's passionate about the environment, about animals, bring that to fruition, their dreams. And so I have always had it as a part of my life and, and who I am. And I was, you know, went through high school, volunteering how I could, went through college, volunteering how I could. And then I got kind of a dream job right out of college doing marketing, sales, and events. And I did that job for a year. And I called my parents one day and I go, mom and dad, I cannot hide this calling on my heart to go and serve. I'm going to resign from my job. I'm going to sell everything that I have. And I'm going to go volunteer in the country of Guatemala first. And it was, my parents were like, we knew this was coming. Like, we support you. We love you. My parents, my sisters have supported me from the very beginning. And so I went and volunteered for one year in Guatemala, and it opened my eyes to a world and to this compassion and a pull on my heartstrings that I knew I was living in alignment with what I was supposed to be doing at that stage in my life. So when Guatemala came to an end, I knew that that was not the end for me. And I ended up moving to the country of Panama, where I lived full time for six years and started an educational nonprofit, as well as a for-profit company to empower indigenous women through fair trade wages. And so I had the opportunity to really get this inside look into what it's like to run a grassroots organization. It, it was me. I was living in the trenches. I was doing this day in and day out. I was fundraising money. I was all of these different things. And so it allowed me to have this interesting perspective that is unique to me and how I saw the world and how I saw nonprofits and being able to fundraise. And so 
as kind of my time evolved in Panama and ended up bringing me back to the United States where I live full time now, I had the opportunity to do marketing branding for some large companies. And I was always tying in a give back component. So a philanthropy, corporate social responsibility, those are some of the words that people know what that means to have a company that has a give back initiative. And as I continued building this out for a number of companies, it dawned on me that my love of humanity, my love of connecting people, I could be the bridge between two people, between two organizations, between two passions. And through that, I could create this extraordinary change in the world by tapping into just people's heart, to their heart, to what they desire, to their passions. And that is what led me to start Philanthropic Matchmaker. And it's all about coming alongside visionaries, brands, companies, and building out the philanthropic essence of who they are, but being strategic about it. It's not just a social responsibility to make a donation. It is to educate you, to come alongside this organization and to find out what are your needs? Like, what do you need? And sometimes it could be more than just making a monetary donation. And that's what I love being able to educate my clients on that. It can go beyond a monetary donation. Oh, see friends, don't you just automatically love her? I mean, this, you are a, a North star. You are the sparkle in our world that I just believe so many of us have this, but it's covered up by the tasks, the to-dos, the, the grind of building a business. It's like that thing that we put off one day I will, you know, and it, that, that sentence lasts and stems through so many different things. But I know when it comes to, you know, giving back those philanthropic ideas and connections we have. It's like, we put it off, we put it off, we put it off. And I really believe there's never a perfect time and we'll consistently put it off because what is it? Is it a number? Is it more space in the calendar? Like, what is it that's going to make it the right time? And what I appreciate about you is you're someone that they can partner with, or I could partner with, and you really like spark that for myself, for a company and for all those incredible resources, connections you have. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is, is it's, we do, our calendars are full, right? Where we have lots of exciting things going on as entrepreneurs, whatever it might be, but it is, it's more than just making a blind donation. And that's where I'm trying to kind of be this innovator in this space is let's not write a blind check to just check a box that, hey, I made a donation. It's no, what are you passionate about? And through our discovery phase, like we really tap into the heart of the entrepreneur, the heart of the company to understand what it is and I believe I have a gift of listening to people and pulling out little things that they would maybe never even think of is, have you ever thought about supporting an organization that does X, Y, and Z based on because I I heard them mention they love playing golf with their son or, you know, whatever it might yeah. be is it's like, let's think outside of the box in these organizations. And there are so many amazing organizations and 
you know, St. Jude's is a great organization, but they have a gravitational pool. People are always donating to them. But have you looked to see what's in your community? Who can you partner with? And by creating this mission-driven partnership, it allows for both of you to expand in new ways that you never thought were possible. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I can say too, like this is a, a, a comment and a question. I remember back in 2021, I think it was, when I had a guest, Marky, on my podcast who had been involved in sex trafficking, and she came on the podcast and told her story. And it really struck me, and I ended up actually launching a program where 50% of everybody who joined the program, it would go back to the very foundation, the the place that really saved her life ultimately. And it was an extraordinary success. And that program, I will never forget, not because of what I taught, not the curriculum, but the women that came in for themselves and for others, the feeling and the energy in that room was so beautiful. And why I'm saying this out loud, like, why haven't I done that again? But it's, you know, I'm not an exception to the rule. We just get in the doing instead of the being and looking outside of ourselves but there's so many unique ways of offering contribution to the world. And I feel like sometimes we make this way more difficult for ourselves than necessary. Would you agree? Agreed. I do. And that is the perfect example. It was something touched your heart. She moved you and you took action to support that organization. And then when you offered it in your course and the women involved in it knew that it had a greater purpose behind it. It's yes, I'm being impacted by Jen and what she's teaching me, but by being in this room, it's my purpose is greater. It's beyond myself. And it's just that gentle reminder to people is How much more meaningful was that to partner with an organization you had some sort of connection to than just picking a random organization out there to support sex trafficking? Right, right. And really keeping it clean and tidy. And this is a bit of a comment too and question. So I'm going to probably do that often in our our conversation because I'm exploring while also asking the question. I do feel like there's a tendency to do things to look good when it comes to charitable donations versus actually keeping it pure and true, which is what you're you're basically saying, where you see these big organizations do these things, but it's more about getting their names out there and press releases and, you know, bringing visibility to their brand. And I feel like, although I'm not against that, and I realize that, that that's going to happen with those big, bigger donations, we as those entrepreneurs building have to make sure the purity behind this is the the real desire to sprinkle and ripple our love our our privilege our wealth our riches our intentions out into the world without there needing to be a reciprocal response like we're doing it from the purity perspective and what would you have to say around that so that that's a beautiful thing. And it's something that, you know, when I speak with clients, it's not about what's a return on investment. Am I going right. to see a spike in my sales? Like, what am I going to get from this? Like you said, that's a beautiful word. It's the purity of it. It's an action that comes from your heart to do good. And I do have a number of people that want to donate anonymously. And that is equally as impactful because your name doesn't always have to be associated with something if you don't want it to. And we're able to build that out for you too, that 
you know you're still coming into alignment with your soul's greater purpose, but not attaching your name to it. It is attached behind the scenes, but not forward facing. And so I do think that that is a great thing for companies because I do, I I see it often and I know that it's a social responsibility that companies need to donate. But I also know a number of companies that choose to do it because it's who they are. It's the purity of who they are instead of, again, just checking that box. Yeah. It's like that heart-centered leadership, heart-centered business company that you're really calling forward. And I'm so, again, I'm going to say this a hundred times, but it's because I mean it. This is so imperative and so important. And I am such an advocate for what you're doing because it holds us accountable as well. Like we are eliminating these excuses. You are eliminating these excuses for people. So I I love sort of plopping myself in the minds and spirits of the listeners because I know them all so well. They've been with me for a very long time. We're on, this is our fourth year anniversary as a podcast, which I'm so grateful for, but I know how their minds work. And some of them are thinking, not all, but some of them are thinking when I make a 10K month, then I will. So does this become attached to revenue? Do they need to reach a certain amount of revenue before they start contributing? I know the answer, but I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you asked that because I know I kind of touched on it earlier and didn't completely close the loop on it. It doesn't always have to be a monetary donation. And I think that this is a great thing for people to start thinking outside of the box. We are so used to, you have to write a check. Yes, nonprofits need money. That's one of the number one things that they need, but they also need people's time, people's resources. What are your gifts? Like, what can you bring to an organization, whether it's an organization that's focused on ocean cleanup? Can you put together a group of friends and help clean up the ocean? If it's something with animal welfare, can you go and volunteer your time? If you have children who love animals, can you go and help at the shelter? It's It doesn't have to be a monetary donation. And so I want to help change how people think about that is no business is too small to be able to create an impact. And there's so many things like even if you look at the um, acorn from an oak tree, it's like, or the tiniest seed, it's like, how can that produce that? But it does. And that's how we have to look at being able to step in and help where we want to help. Even if it feels small to us, we have no idea the ripple effect that that's going to have, the seed that we're planting and the produce that's going to come from that. Mm, Such, and that was beautiful. That was exquisite how you just described that. So good. So good. So something's popping up for me. And I love asking intuitively, which, you know, so many people know from listening to the podcast and the guests, I don't have questions ready. This is a conversation, but what's coming up for me is, is maybe this is a bit of judgment within. I don't think so, but maybe it's a fear of judgment outside of myself. So becoming iconic does something like this. And of course I would want to share this with the world to add visibility to whatever organization I'm partnering with. But sometimes people can be like, you're doing this as a strategic move. They, they actually dilute the beauty of it by making it wrong. And I feel like there could be some fear with people listening in around that. I'd love to do this, but if I put it on my social media, am I going to be judged of like, oh, you're just doing this to build the business? Do you ever come across that with potential clients? 
Yes and no. I think it could go for anything in life, right? We put ourselves out there. Somebody can judge us. I mean, it's going to happen at any time. We put our kids out there. Somebody might judge us for putting our kids out there. We put out this initiative that we're raising money or we've partnered with an organization. Somebody's going to judge us for that. It's the unfortunate reality of people's projections coming onto us. But for me, it is go after it. What is it that lights you up? And that's what you have to keep coming back to and back to because, you know, there's that old saying like haters are going to hate, like it's going to happen, but don't let it stop you from doing what you want to do, what you want to accomplish in life, who you want to partner with in life. And, you know, I work with a local client and she has a brick and mortar location and she ended up setting up a donation drop-off inside of her location. I mentioned it in the Becoming Iconic magazine. And the amount of awareness that has come from that in the community of seeing her business as this pillar of, wow, she's using her space to be able to raise awareness, collect donations, and then put them back out into our community for mothers in need. It's like, Who would ever judge that? But when you do put yourself forward facing, there's always the chance that it's going to happen. But I want to encourage people to not ever let that stop you from going after something that's important to you. And if you know that your company is more than yourself, it, it goes beyond you. It's leaving that legacy. It's starting now by planting these seeds, planting these seeds with partnerships that can impact the world. Right. And I feel like too, if we know the purity of our intention, if it's coming from the right place and and we know that. So I feel like the agitation in our spirit could be if, if we are doing this as a strategic move where it's not pure, there is that edge to it or that like what's in it for me. I do feel like if we were called out, that's when we start to feel a little seen um, versus if we know that we're doing this out of the kindness of our heart, the the beauty of like seeing the world and contributing to the world. And if someone comes at us, it just doesn't pierce our spirit the same way because we know, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. We know we did this because it mattered. We We felt called to, we desired to. And so- if someone says anything about that, that's okay. It just doesn't pierce, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. It's I, still going to sting in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Of course it is. We're human. Mm-hmm. But then just coming back to our center, remembering our why. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good piece of advice right there. So I have something just in terms of like social responsibility that I've been aching to ask someone and I've not had anybody on the podcast yet that I felt could hold this conversation with me until you. And really that is, you know, I I see the online space in particular where there's so much judgment, where if you don't speak to a cause, people come at you. Why aren't you using your platform? If you do use your platform for a cause, people come at you who maybe have a different point of view. And so what is the social responsibility? What is what is it that we can stand upon and lean against when it comes to things that are important to us? That's a great question. And I think it comes back to remembering that we're each 
rare and unique. Mm -hmm. My approach to looking at social responsibility is going to be slightly different than yours or somebody else's. And again, we we need to stop passing so much judgment on other people and just let people be, let them live their life, enjoy it. We are meant to create this life and just let us create how we want to. And so I do think for that one, it would be, again, you just have to trust your inner knowing on on that. And I think, you know, there are often times when I I can't imagine that somebody would come after you for supporting an organization that's rooted in education, animal welfare, environmental sustainability. But there are, there are people that don't agree with those things, right? right? And so again, just coming back to your why, why am I doing this? Why am I passionate about it? And remembering it is going to pierce your heart. It's going to hurt for a little bit, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep putting myself out there. And I think that we could actually look at that for anything in our life. Yeah, is I agree. When we use our platform, it yeah. opens up the doors for, for people to come in. Absolutely. That was a beautiful answer. And it, what came up for me too is that whole saying, like, if you want everybody to like you, sell ice cream. I mean, it's really the only way. And I, And one of the things I've noticed with a couple of influencers, let's call them that with, especially what was going on in Ukraine and, and, you know, people's expectations. I really appreciated that some people responded with, you don't know what I'm doing behind the scenes and you can't tell me how to use my platform. Like you cannot demand that I stand up for this cause and put it on my platform. You don't know where I stand and, and what I'm doing. And I really appreciated that because it gave me some language too, that if anybody ever said you're responsible for bringing this to the forefront, I get to respond with, I do have a responsibility that I will not neglect, but how I move through that responsibility, you cannot demand or command of me. That is my, my choice. And I, I've, I've watched people navigate some pretty muddy waters over the last few years with some of these things that have been brought up to the surface. And some of my peers hurt because of the, I could see the the desire, the, the root was wanting to do right, but it was misunderstood and, and. So it is one of those things that I feel a lot of people are tender around and worried about, like, what if I pick the wrong cause? What if I say the wrong thing? And what I feel and what the importance of you and what's so imperative is you're saying, I'm going to listen and we're going to find a soul connected partnership so that it doesn't have you in fear or wavering in your belief in this. You're going to be so connected that it won't matter and it, it will come across. I believe that's going to pierce the noise. I hope so. I mean, that is why I'm doing what I'm doing and why that discovery phase is so important. And we are going to have the crisis situations, right? Right. We're going to have them and it evokes all kinds of emotions in people. And we have to remember that the way people deal with things, it's always going to look different for each person. And that's one thing, you know, I loved how you said it is you don't know what I'm doing behind the scenes. And that's like the donating anonymously. Maybe when there's a crisis happening, it's not this forward facing, trying to raise money, speak on an issue that you might not be completely educated on, but using your voice, your resources, whatever it is behind the scenes to make an impactful donation. What, what do they need right now? Do they need food? Do they need money? It, you know, those things. And 
being able to make a donation and do that, I think is what, what matters the most. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm, I'm just going to do a call to action for people listening. And this is a personal opinion. So I'm just going to preface that because I think it's really important that this doesn't need to be shared. It's just an opinion after being an entrepreneur for 18 years and working with thousands of women globally. There is a bit of an epidemic in the online space and for entrepreneurs in general, especially women, because wealth in women's hands is newer. And so, and I'm only able to have this discussion because I've been her. So that's another important detail. What I find is so many women are creating wealth and really holding money that has never been accessible until now. And if all we do with that wealth is self-indulge, meaning go and buy the bag, go on the trips, and 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 not that I, you, I mean, if you know me, you know I love those things. So I'm not putting those things down. But at the end of the day, if something were to happen and all you have to show for it is a bag, to me, that feels like a lost opportunity. And so what I want to call to action to those listening is, it gets to be and. I'm not saying that you can't have those things, enjoy those things, and relish in those things, but can we match it with our due diligence to make a difference in this lifetime? Like that is our call. And so it doesn't have to be all but something outside of yourself that if something were to happen, you can look back and say, I've left a legacy. I've left a legacy where I made a change in this, you know, this charitable organization or this city that I live in or this family that I I knew, it's got to count for something. And I, I believe because I, I, we share so many things, Lindsay, you and I have so many similarities. It's, it's wild. I went and I worked for a non-for-profit, the Salvation Army. I went to Antigua and lived for a month and worked in a girl's group home because there was a, a real issue with girls under the age of 18 being put in jails. And that led into a series, we can only imagine, a series of issues. And so they had developed this, this home for young girls who were in, in trouble. And I lived there with no hot water. We were eating like, I think Captain Crunch at one point was like a novelty. It was, it was like we were in the trenches. And it really changes you. And, oh, I'm getting emotional because I like planted myself. I remember after the month getting on a plane and we landed in San Francisco for a stopover. And I remember getting off the plane and the hustle and bustle, the noise, the cell phones, the air conditioning, the fluorescent lighting, like everything was so loud and obnoxious in certain ways. It really took my breath away. I, I had a really difficult time getting back into the the world I was immersed in. I remember my mom saying, what do you want to eat? Like, I'll cook you whatever you want for your first meal back. And she's like, do you want seafood pasta? Because I love seafood. I love pasta. It would make a, a very natural choice for me, but I couldn't even create that, like that novelty to me was unappealing. And I remember just having canned soup when I got home because I needed to acclimatize myself back. And it changes you. And I, I tell that story because you have immersed yourself in those scenarios. And I want to say thank you from 
a collective thank you because that matters. And I also want to encourage people to go and do volunteer in places to get out of your four walls, out of the, the luxuries that we take for granted, like turning on our taps, being able to pick the temperature, you know, people will say, Oh, tap water's dirty. Well, my goodness, you can drink it. Okay. Some people would be floored that you've said that and how we take for granted so many of these beautiful things. And we don't have to travel to Antigua or Guatemala to have those experiences, although I highly recommend you can go into the city streets where you live and see a different lifestyle and and how people are living and, and really open your eyes to, to what is going on around us. And I want to, you know, just say and, and applaud you for, for all that you have done. And, and thank you for that because there's people whose lives have changed. I know through my experience, some of those girls, their lives completely changed as a result of giving that time. Thank you. It, like you said, it's just something it's, we can sit here, we can talk about it. We can describe it to somebody but there is no greater feeling than living it and doing something for someone who can never repay you. And Melanie Ann Lair, one of the first quotes I heard of hers, and I just loved that she was in the recent issue also, is money in my hands is good for the world. And what you said is the most beautiful reminder of that. It's okay to desire some luxury things and want to take your family on a trip, do something nice for yourself. You get to have it all. And money in my hands is good for the world. It includes that. It includes contributing to organizations that you're passionate about, buying holiday gifts for a family who might not be able to afford it. Whatever it is, it it doesn't have to be these massive things that we think we can't reach. It's, it's right here. It's within our reach. 100%. And it also brings up another example, just a a life story of, I remember my grandparents were in a car accident. My grandma, she didn't survive. And my grandfather was airlifted to a hospital and I was taking my daughter. She must've been five years old at the time. And as we were coming out of the hospital, there was someone who lived on the streets and he asked for money. And because I was in this space of like being worried about my grandfather and just, I was exhausted and wanted to get my daughter home and I just sort of said no and and kept walking and I'll never forget her tugging on my, my jacket and going, but mommy, what if that was Jesus? And you just said no to him. First of all, how a five-year-old had the eyes and heart and mind to think that just my jaw was on the ground, but also I will never forget that moment and I'll never stop thanking her for that moment of you are never too busy. You are never too distracted to see the world around you, to see the needs around you and to be a blessing to someone today. And for those of you listening, maybe you're on the cusp of figuring things out for yourself and this feels big right now for you, but a smile is free telling somebody you love their outfit is free, going and and handing out something that you no longer use in your home and donating is free. There's lots of things you can do. But I do want to say, let's, as a collaborative, you're listening to Becoming Iconic podcast. This is a community. What if we held a greater standard for ourselves? So Lindsay, how could someone approach you? What could, what's the experience of you? Like if I said, okay, Lindsay, I'm all in. I really want to be, a better leader of this through my company. What's the experience of you? What can I look forward to? 
I love coming alongside people. It's a partnership. It's a collaboration together. I'm there to help pull some things out of you to do the heavy lifting, but this is to honor you, your company, your heart, your vision, your legacy. And there's no greater joy to me than being able to create that for someone and have that heartfelt connection. And, and through the process, I present a couple of different organizations. I present the organizations to a client and I allow them to really contemplate, to sit with it, who feels like they're a fit for them. And just because we pick one partner now, maybe in six months, it's changed. Your heart has grown in different ways. You want to add another organization in, you want to pivot. It's we can always be changing, evolving. And so that's what I love to be able to really come alongside somebody and create that initiative because you can see their little flicker. It just gets bigger when it's like, oh, now I have a give back initiative. That's a part of me and a part of my company. And isn't it such a, I, I mean, I would actually love to ask this question. So I'm going to hold my, I'm going to hold my statement and just ask the question. Could you cast a vision for those listening and feeling called? Like what, what's happened on the other side of this with some of the clients you've worked with? Like what, what, what is, what has been the beauty of this? Mm. Oh my goodness. There's so, so many beautiful things that have come from it that I've gotten to see from the sidelines when you help bring an initiative together for a company. And I talked about two in the Becoming Iconic article. It was partnering with Nike Shoes and donating 40 pairs of brand new Air Jordans to an all-boys orphanage. Still to this day, <laughs> I could get choked up about it. There's an incredible organization in Kansas City called Maddie Apparel. And underwear is the most needed item at women's shelters around the United States, around the world, but it's the least donated item. And they actually, for every item that you purchase, they donate a pair of underwear to women's shelters. They are high quality. It's the same pair that you're buying in their store. It's being donated. And it's like... Being able to witness a woman have, it it's something intimate to us, right? And being right. able to have her own, you have no idea what has just happened in her life that she is at this shelter and being able to have a few of her own items. It's, you get to witness other people like experience bliss for a moment. And because of that, it impacts you. And like I said, I've, I've seen companies choose to, create sustainable clothing companies to impact the environment. I've seen ocean cleanups that started with just a couple of people that grows to dozens and dozens of people. It's again, you have no idea the seed that you're planting and what's going to happen, but I guarantee you will never ever regret making a decision to do something for someone else, to do something for an organization that you're passionate about. It doesn't always have to be for a person, you know, a shelter or anything. It, it can be whatever you are passionate about, but tap in to your passions and make sure that you are doing something. And it doesn't matter if it feels small to you. It's not small. Mm. Mm. I cannot speak over 
what just happened there. And friends, I would actually challenge you to rewind a minute or so there and listen again, because it was divine guidance that just fell off of your lips there. That was beautiful. So I don't want to interrupt that. That was really stunning. Where can people find you, immerse themselves in your world, hire you to be their matchmaker? Where do they go next? So you can head to our Instagram, Philanthropic Matchmaker, our website, philanthropicmatchmaker.com. Email me, Philanthropic Matchmaker. Hello at Philanthropic Matchmaker. I'm accessible. I'm easy. I Like I said, it's coming alongside you. So reach out, say hello, let's get connected. Even if you just have a question, please ask me, use me, lean on me as an expert in the industry. And this is what lights my soul on fire. And I love being able to share my wisdom, my love with other people. Mm. And I feel that friends. I know you feel that act This is one of those things that if you don't act upon it, the feeling can dissipate and we get caught up in the day-to-day again. So this is a call to action for you as we close this conversation off, which I, by the way, could go on and on. But this is me holding us accountable to act upon that ping in your heart because it's so beyond us. And if we only do these things for self-fulfilling prophecy, meaning how much revenue can I grow? How many clients can I proclaim? It's, it's good, but it gets to be great when it ripples out to, to be bigger than that. And, and I thank you, Lindsay, once again, for starting Philanthropic Matchmaker, for your leadership, your generosity, your heart, and your spirit. I am an advocate, and I will shout you from the rooftops as long as I can, and, and I will do it for for as, as big and bi- uh, beautiful as I can as well, because I'm so for what you're bringing to the space. So thank you again. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I just think you are a trailblazer in the industry. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Your time and presence means the world to me. If you would be so kind to leave a five-star review so more people can learn about becoming iconic, that would be such an act of generosity. And please go download and read the newest version of the Becoming Iconic magazine available at becomingiconic.co.co. Now let's go make it a great day. Thank you.